Hi, this is Jordan. And I'm Brian. And you're listening to The Quality Varies. Beautiful. So it has been a small amount of time. Almost How's, a month. How have things been going in the Brian? <laughs> how have things been going in the Brian household? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I think it's been more than a month, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's been almost two months. Well, the last episode went up on March like sixteenth, I think. Yeah. Oh, that was March sixteenth. Yeah. It is no longer yeah. April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're pushing yep. two months, bud. Yeah, I blame. Uh, I'm going to give all that accountability to other people. Even though uh, it's mostly just me having a file on my computer that <laughs> I didn't want to mess with quite yet. Mm-hmm. I get that. So it's uh, it's up there. I put a little. I don't. Did you did you listen to the episode when I sent it over? I have not. I did put a little disclaimer at the beginning. I added a little something <laughs> something because uh, we had a couple. We had to do a couple retakes uh-huh. of some lines, and uh, you did a great job, but. <laughs> It's very hard to make it sound similar to a previous recording. Yeah, yeah. And so you sound, you know, pretty good uh, in the original thing, and then all of a sudden you just, it just, you just sound godly because you're <laughs> like looking at a, you're looking at a script and you're, yeah, you know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So I put a little thing in the uh, in the beginning there, but I thought it was wow. a good discussion. On my end, kind of an update on motorcycles. I listed my two motorcycles that I have. Finally, yeah. and I have been able to—I've been able to sell the older of the two. I had a '99 and a 2006. Nice. Um, both both Kawasaki Vulcans. If there's some bad cuts or some coughing in this episode, it's because I almost destroyed my lungs permanently in the process of selling that bike. Would you like to take a guess on on how I did this, Brian? In selling the bikes. Yes. I have no idea. Did you like inhale gasoline or something? No, that would have been less embarrassing. Um, <laughs> uh, I was working on them the day prior, and I left the ignition on, or I left the battery on. Mm-hmm. And so I get home just two or three minutes before this guy arrives to, to pick it up, mm-hmm. and the battery is completely dead. Oof. Completely dead. And Yikes. So I tried throwing it on the charger, but it didn't. It was going to take too long. Mm-hmm. And so the guy, the guy was happy with it. He get, we had we already did the paperwork. He gave me the money, and he's like, "Well, let's just go push start it." Mm-hmm. And so I did this. I realized, uh, and I choose to feel a little bit embarrassed about this, <laughs> but I get very focused on projects that I have, mm-hmm. and don't really do anything else than those projects. Mm-hmm. And for the last couple of months, I've had my gym membership frozen because I don't like working out with a mask on. Yeah. Uh, I haven't worked out a whole ton. And after we failed about three times push starting this bike, uh-huh. I was about on the brink of just of just obliteration. <laughs> I, was, I was about done. <laughs> oh, man. Um, my roommate comes out and he helps us once or twice. Again, we still fail. And then it was all useless anyways because then we just walked it back to our house and we just jump started it because... Why didn't we do that in the first place? Yeah. Wow. It was a bad combination because when I was push starting this bike, I was 26 hours into having had my second dose of my vaccine. Oh, nice. 
Wow. And that's when everybody starts feeling the side effects. Mm -hmm. And so I already walked outside and I was like, wow, the sun sucks right now. (laughs) Not a fan of the sun. It was already not feeling the best. And then I went and so not the best thing I had to. I felt the need to pay my roommate some of some of my earnings from the bike just for walking out and saving me from (laughs) the embarrassment that I was having. But yeah, we got him on his way. The kid had to stop probably four times in between my house and his Mm -hmm. because my radiator fan did not work. Oh, boy. If he did it correctly, he probably spent the better part of an hour getting home. Yeah. I hope that went well for him. Mostly, I hope I don't hear from him again. (laughs) That's what I would like to think. Nothing else has really changed on on my end. For today's episode, I wanted to dive a little bit. You kind of gave a go, and you had thought of identity and diving into a little bit more serious of a conversation for that show. And I wanted to do that for kind of a second time today. And I wanted to do it on expectations. How does that sound? Sounds great to me. Oh, I'm going to have so many fun cuts <clears throat> to do from my uh, from my coughing. I'm glad it's not just me. Uh, it's going to be good. <laughs> so setting expectations, what would... You're just a kid in high school or something like that. What what comes to, What would come to mind... What comes to mind for you? What would come to mind for for you think the normal person? I mean, what kind of what what do you think of? Um, I think most people think of expectations as a maybe a positive thing, somewhere something along the lines of uh, like goal setting, possibly, or you know just setting setting an expectation for a loved one to behave a certain way. That all seems positive, right? Or at least, you know, that's how I used to think about expectations. Um, having worked in mental health, uh, working at Desert Solace for a number of years now, there's a little bit different energy that I attach to the word expectations and uh, what what that means to me. For me now, an expectation is... It still falls in line with, like, goal setting, but... An expectation is something that I want, but I'm not really committed enough to, to put forth effort or energy into bringing about. And so interesting when it doesn't, uh, when it doesn't happen, when my expectation doesn't come to pass, I have a ten- tendency to feel uh, like hurt or maybe victimized. I get my power away. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a very passive term for me. I think um, to just expect something to happen without doing much to make it happen. I don't feel control is not a very good word, but I don't feel responsible for uh, either making or not making an expectation come to pass. Does that make any sense? It does, and I feel like you know as we go through this and. Maybe some other topics in the future. They're broad for a reason. There's a lot of angles and experiences that that affect kind of what your view on it is, what my view on it is. Mm-hmm. When I set an expectation for myself, I kind of want to go. I kind of want to discuss some of the maybe the positive points, and then we can dive the other way around, and then maybe wrap up with maybe some more powerful terms or some more powerful language. Yeah. Um, if there if there is stuff out there. But sure. the word expectation, as it is commonly used, what are some 
positive uses that you can think of in the way that most people use the word? Um, well, some like examples would be, you know, setting your setting expectations for your for my kids to behave a certain way, or setting expectations for for this podcast to be listened to. I'm trying to think of just like a just like a small everyday expectation. I expect my motorcycle to start up when I get on it to drive to work. You know, I expect my house to not be burned down when I come home from work. I expect my family to still be there. These are all, I mean, that's all stuff that I expect to happen. Uh, I think reasonably so. Uh, All those expectations, you know, give me a sense of safety or comfort in life. I can predict that I'm still going to have a house when I come home, I can predict that I can that I'll still have a family when I come home. I can predict when payday is, or and I can predict that I'll have food in the fridge. Luckily, it's not something that we have on a daily basis have to concern ourselves with. But mm-hmm. people that that aren't sure on a daily basis if they are going to come home to a house that's still standing, right. that's a very that's probably a very stressful experience to have on a daily basis. I don't envy I don't envy somebody that ha- that is going through that experience right now and I definitely had that expectation that when I come home some things are going to be in place and I'll have the food that I bought the day before in the fridge and I'll be able to cook it up and I'll expect that my roommates haven't eaten my food. <laughs> my roommates most likely expect the same thing of me. Uh, and there's a million different examples of of expectations that uh, that we might have for ourselves and others. Um a little bit like identity there are specific uses and and to a certain extent on a lot of things a way that it might be helpful um, if we're aware of it but expectation in my experience uh, and the reason I brought it up was this was a discussion I had and they were they were open and they were talking about in their marriage counseling that they have been having recently and they've been pretty open about this counseling that they've been having which is always an awesome thing mm-hmm. to when somebody, you know, when I step into that power to be open about my imperfections. Yeah, and yeah, things absolutely. That, uh, I'm going through it and uh, always a great thing. So they said during their one of their sessions, they were really gra- getting down into the topic of expectations. And without realizing it, the expectations that they were having for one another without actually ever verbalizing those expectations to mm-hmm. the other person. Mm-hmm. To give an example, uh, I'll kind of start and, and I'll give you a moment to think about it if there's any that you can think of. I wanted to challenge myself on what are some expectations that I might have for anybody around me that I haven't actually vocalized. Mm-hmm. And for me, I know it's a it's a small thing, but you know, going to in a in a work environment, I'm communicating with colleagues every day. In one of our specific interactions, if I'm, I sir, I work as an assistant in some regards um, during parts of the day. If I get a call or I get a text um, on something they need me to do, there's a couple of key pieces of information that I need to be able to help them. And I realized that I was setting this expectation that that because I send I send a text in a certain way, I was setting an expectation that I should be getting the same kind of text back 
mm-hmm. um, for just clear communication. And, and I had in my head like, oh, it's just, you know, it's obvious. Got to help our clients and be, you know, quick and informative and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm being vague for a reason. But uh, I realized that I was getting frustrated that I would get these texts from some of my colleagues and it wouldn't have it wouldn't be in, in the way that I wanted it to. And I would get mad about this and <laughs> I've never actually talked to them about it. I've never said like, Hey, you know, uh, when you send this to me, like it would be really helpful if I, I had this or you let me know if this was or wasn't done already. So I didn't, you know, the firm didn't look like a fool for going back to it a second time. I was just making an assumption and just sitting here like a bitter little kid when, uh, when I wasn't getting what I wanted without communicating it at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I hope that wasn't too vague. Because I have a very clear picture in my head on what it is. But no, I think what comes what comes to mind for you, or do you have any comments on that? Yeah, no, I think that was clear enough. I mean, I felt like I understood what you were getting at. Anyway, one thing I wanted to bring up with your friend who was going to marriage counseling, um, especially, and and for you, uh, for this situation with uh, texting your coworkers, I heard from a wise lady by the name of Julie, expectations are just future resentments. Um, and it, I think your story about the communication between your colleagues is a beautiful illustration of that, that you had an expectation of what your colleagues should do, and then they didn't do that. They didn't honor your expectation, and you got frustrated, and you started holding resentments. Yeah, that's so, exactly what I was doing. Yeah, I just... It was... She, <laughs> She has a way with words, as you know. And uh, it was just, it's so perfect because that's, I mean, so many times it's true. We set these expectations. I set expectations on my kids to not yell at each other or hit each other. And that's all they do is just yell and scream and fight and hit. And uh, if I'm not careful with that, I can very quickly go to a space of resentment and anger towards my kids, um, which is... Uh, the last place I want to be, but uh, I find myself there frequently um, until I learn to let go of the expectations that they're that they're gonna behave all the time, and then you know I I accept that they're gonna fight when they fight and they're gonna get along when they get along, and uh, that allows me to be in a, a much better space to react to them and to parent them and to teach them. I love that line. As far as expectations or future resentments, and that did bring up one more example that I wanted to share. I yeah. in recovery, I realized that I did have a lot of resentments around church and organized religion and, and mm-hmm. the faith that you and I are both in. Mm-hmm. As you know, when I was a kid, uh, I had all these expectations that I didn't verbalize to the people around me. Mm-hmm. Not that that would have been the best course of action. <laughs> I had expectations for, for what all these people around me should be um, acting like. And instead, I was just around a bunch of imperfect people acting like they were uh, perfect people, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I was trying to do as well. <laughs> I make a story that that's uh, yeah, it's a common thing. Yeah. But because it was, you know, because it was different than what I felt should be happening, then I had resentments. And that doesn't mean I have I expectations this is is an easy word to use, but I get to step in whenever I'm aware to the state of being of of just accept, uh, accepting imperfection. That's a complicated way of saying it. I get to step into <laughs> being imperfect. And everybody has that option. Mhm. And, you know, I have my faith, my 
stance on it is is now it's it's definitely a perfect church led and followed by imperfect people mm-hmm. and um, somebody that has a faith in in any religion I imagine that that can be carried over to a bunch of different kinds of faiths because you know as a as a 12 year old who just has a bunch of people around you that you know that they're lying or they get up there and and talk about something and you know that they acted the complete opposite way mm-hmm. the the week before or I started to get a lot of resentments when I started going to recovery meetings as a teenager mm-hmm. and I was uh, you know of course because pornography and 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 sexual addictions among all the other addictions are extremely common I was seeing a bunch of people in my church at those meetings mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, what the heck are you doing here? You, you know, you, you were spouting off all this, all this stuff at church and that's a state of mind that doesn't work for me. Right. But it was about those, it was about those expectations and I was victimizing myself mm-hmm. and yeah, that I, you know, I, it was hard to stay connected while I was in that state of mind for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great word. Uh, victimize. I, very much do that when I set expectations that people don't live up to. My, I talked about my kids uh, setting expectations for my kids. I so frequently just give all of my power to my kids' behavior ju- immediately when they start fighting, no matter what I'm doing. If I'm doing chores around the house or just watching tv as soon as they start fighting i will go from you know complete just presence and peace you know sweeping or doing dishes to a million degrees in my head just furious that how dare they have a difference of opinion or how dare they have feelings toward each other and i just get so angry and all that is is me giving my power and victimizing myself to my kids. And they're just being kids. They're being, they're perfect. They're perfect at being uh, murderously violent to each other. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't know what you were about to say, but I knew it was going to be good. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, and that's not, that's completely on me. That is 100% my responsibility to not, to choose out of that anger because that's all me. That's all my power uh, is just out the window as soon as they start fighting. And yeah. And I I'm just, I'm a complete victim to that until I notice it. And then I'm not. Um, and we can so talk I feel about- like a couple. Um, sorry. I feel like a couple different things happen in the scenario I'm about to present, but uh, drive, you know, driving out on the road, mm-hmm. I definitely feel like I have an expectation of the people around me. Mm-hmm. And although, so, you know, a certain part of that, you know, we all, there's not good, there's not necessarily good or bad, but there's certainly kinds of driving that doesn't work for us. Yeah. And whether I like it or not, I, I, I get in my car with the expectation of cars around me that they're going to be going for the same, you know, things that I am. Yeah. Every seconds I'm on the road somebody breaks that expectation um, causing uh, not causing but I choose to feel angry about it yeah and I that also has to do with making stories about other drivers and why they're doing the things that they're doing yeah that's yeah. called fundamental attribution error okay mm-hmm. so there's a there is a word for that well a <sighs> term for that so tell me a bit more about like the kind of the actual thing around that what, what is it called again? Fundamental attribution error. Hmm. So, and road rage is the, the textbook example when we learn about that in school. 
somebody cuts us off. And our knee-jerk response is to tell all these stories about what kind of person that is that just cut us off. Oh, he's a no-good, low-life, texting-while-driving, just dirtbag. You know, he's got all these problems, obviously, and he's and he's a second-class citizen. You know, just the list goes on and on. <laughs> I mean, that's those are all the things that I say about drivers who cut me off. Uh, I don't know what kind of things you say, but just, you know, just the worst kinds of things. Uh, I tell these stories about people on the road when in reality there was there's the person and there's the thing they did. And we are judging the person based on the thing they did rather than judging the thing they did. Really, it's the action that made us mad, right? The person, the person didn't make us mad. It was the action. Yeah. Or... We choose to feel angry because of the action, not because of the person. The person's fine, right? It's the action. It's the being cut off that we don't like. And so we choose to feel angry at the at that. But we immediately go into all the stories about how awful that person is. And that's that's just a way for us to feel better about it. It's a it's a band-aid for the anger that we're feeling to you know, we give our power to this person and we just justify the giving of our power by saying that there are all these things and somehow that makes it okay that we had such a strong emotional reaction so that's basically the fundamental attribution error i could see how driving situations and road rage would be a prime example for that Mm -hmm. i think everybody's just a speed demon who they only live to get in front of me (laughs) and so that's that's my personal uh vice that I've been dealing with lately. That's something I get to work on for sure. And certainly as Mm -hmm. a, I think every car that's next to me on the road uh, at a stoplight when I'm on my bike that stays with me when I speed up Mm -hmm. just wants to prove that they can beat a motorcycle. Uh, I just automatically like, that's like, Oh, they're, they're just trying to prove something. Yeah. I go there instantly as well. Yeah. And I, you know, they could, I'm not going to make more stories about what they could be doing, but I, I have no idea what's actually going on in their heads. Right. Exactly. And that's the I thing. I know what's going we on don't know. in my head. Yeah. I know what's going on in my head, which is instead of focusing on the road, for one thing, I'm focusing <laughs> on this guy next to me and I'm creating a problem for both of us by making sure on God's green earth that he's not going to beat me. <laughs> but it's hard to, I'm not on the sport bike. I'm on a cruiser so Mm -hmm. it's not as easy as some other bikes to achieve that goal sure so what are some these are kind of things from from other people what are some expectations brian can you think of an expectation that somebody else has had of you that you weren't aware of and because of that you failed you didn't meet that expectation does something come to mind immediately back uh i don't even know how many years ago now the second job i had after I got married, I worked at a vinyl window and siding company. Uh, we were a distributor for the general contractors in the St. George area. I worked in the office and I did a lot of the ordering, the product management, keeping the warehouse stocked and making sure orders were getting out on time. But our general manager got transferred up to the bigger office up in Salt Lake. And so it was me, a under-experienced office worker, and the previous office worker who got promoted to general manager and one other 
uh, warehouse slash delivery driver, we did have um, one of the most experienced general managers on the West Coast and a highly experienced office worker and two warehouse slash delivery guys. Our workforce was really crippled when the manager got promoted or transferred. So I had all these responsibilities and a lot of big customers in our area and the pressure of the surge in business was too much for the the new general manager of the branch. So he quit. And so we were left with me and the other warehouse guy. I just got swamped and I got called into the the manager's office and I actually got a write-up because this pile of paperwork had um, caused significant um, loss of business for one of our customers. My boss even said, you know, I hope this isn't a surprise. Like, I know you're I know you're working hard, but you know this this is kind of a big deal. I just told him uh, it is. I am really surprised. I didn't foresee this uh, this customer taking such a big hit, and I think it's pretty obvious that we've all been running around like headless chickens, trying to keep this business afloat. That was a miscommunication on our part as a business uh, internally, and you know, my part with the customer, uh, but there was several expectations that were, that were not communicated to me. I, uh, didn't live up to it. And there was some serious consequences for that. That was probably the biggest example of that in my life. I had some pretty serious consequences for not, not living up to somebody's expectation of me. The thing that came up for me was also work-related. I, a previous business that I worked at, was having an, uh, some kind of gas leak um, in the building. And I had no idea what the friggin' procedure was for that. <laughs> but I called my supervisor and then their supervisor and then their supervisor and nobody answered. And so I just started until then, uh, since I didn't know how dire of an issue that was, because I didn't know if this was a immediate safety thing. I, you know, I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. I was 18, 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. So I managed to figure out what company was servicing our the gas in the area, call them, and, and they just told me, you know, that, you know, evacuate the building and we'll be there in probably 10 minutes or so. I just gave, you know, I gave the, the employees the line to, because uh, they had called uh, because they also couldn't reach uh, somebody above me. Mm-hmm. So I gave them the line to, to have people start going out without frightening them or anything like that mm-hmm. and then when i was on my way over there um, i did get a call from the general manager they after that I, I wasn't really involved but the day after i realized that they were frustrated that i didn't uh, apparently i was in that situation i was supposed to call you know x y and z you know people if uh, if the supervisors can't be reached Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I had never, that had never come up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an expectation that they, that they had, they had yeah. an expectation that if something like this were to go down, that all of these avenues would be taken before doing what I, what did I, what I ended up doing. Uh, once we established that that miscommunication was there, we were able to dial back a bit 
because I was on the brink of I was on the brink of being fired because wow. I was you know I was evacuating the building mm-hmm. that yeah. I never looked into whether or not it actually needed to be evacuated or not. I was the one that had, uh, that had called that, and that's a pretty big thing to do mm-hmm. if yeah. uh, if all the steps hadn't been followed through. Right. Uh, outside of expectations, I certainly got some frustration about that, but. Uh, for this specific topic that's exactly what they had expectations that i wasn't aware of and it came to a head and uh and it caused a lot of issues and certainly some some frustration for them because that you know i i had my morning kind of became a little bit more annoying but their operations was completely disrupted for the entire week and they had a lot of people that they all of a sudden kind of had to answer to yeah that's what comes to mind for me that's for other people the other thing that I want to dive into is uh, personal expectations. I, I want to give kind of an example or two just to kind of paint a picture. Um, and I'll let you kind of think of one. But I want to talk about uh, some intentional expectations that we may have you know, been coming up for ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't include another, another person. And if you've gone through and, and kind of like we have where we've, we've kind of learned the different you know, as far as expectation versus some other things, sometimes it's hard to split maybe some healthier things that we've done from maybe some unhealthy expectations that we have. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of an unhealthy expectation that in that it's it's harmful if I find myself not having met it mm-hmm. is for for work. I have this expectation because my family preceded me in this area that I live in and and um, it was impressed upon me that the you know the name in this area meant something and that i had to kind of hold i had to kind of hold to that name yeah in all of my you know dealings and and maintain honor in all of my dealings because of that which Mm -hmm. isn't a bad you know it's not a bad thing anyways sure but i had this expectation of myself that i'm going to maintain this name not necessarily like my focus isn't on doing the best thing in that situation but just sometimes the first fear is will this thing mess with the name that's here in town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not where I want my attention to be. And so that's something that came to, came to mind for me is that there's a lot of it. That's not, that's, that's perfectly healthy in that situation. That's not, the, that's not the first thought that I want to turn to what comes to mind for you. Or if there's not one now, uh, has there been one in the past? Yeah, I can think of a couple the first one that came to mind was uh, the expectation I have of myself to to be whatever this means, but a perfect dad or a perfect husband. That's been pretty persistent throughout my adult life, and that uh, the definition of perfect husband and father has changed. And personal expectation kind of dips into that identity conversation from last time. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You know, this this identity of a dad and the expectation to be a good dad, certainly they're connected to each other. And, you know, the definition of a good or perfect dad has changed, and I think that's kind of shifted in and out of being a healthy thing. You know, at its healthiest, the goal is somewhere along the lines of responding with love and being present and a little slightly less healthy expectation, I think, would be, 
you know, never yelling, never losing my temper, mm. and always uh, responding immediately to every situation, which seems probably in the moment like a good goal or a good intention. Really, for me personally, it puts a lot of pressure on myself because I do lose my temper and I don't always respond immediately. And I don't always respond with love. Sometimes I come in hot-headed, full of anger. And so the expectation for me to be not all those things um, hurts a lot when I don't live up to that. And I don't accept that I just acted the way I acted. The expectation that uh, I quote-unquote shouldn't do that or shouldn't be like that opens me up for this resentment of myself, like we talked about earlier. I have resented myself for being angry, and I never want to be angry and yell at my kids, but I get to step into a space where I accept that I did that. I take accountability for doing that, and I learn from that, and I, I can even talk to my kids about that and uh, be accountable to them for losing my temper and I can talk about it with them. So there's there's kind of a, a gradient scale uh, with that situation. The other expectation uh, is to provide for my family and that's, that's a tricky one um, that I've been dealing with the last year or so. When I was you know a full-time student, I wasn't making any money. And so that was that was really hard, and that's been something I've been still kind of uh, struggling with um, since I graduated. That I'm not making all of the monies, right? Like mm-hmm. right after I graduated, I, uh, I t- I've talked about on the show. I was not in a really good space. Um, I thought, man, I've I've got my degree now. I should just be like making so much money, and I'm not. And so. I had all these thoughts about myself and like it was really detrimental because you know I obviously wasn't living up to my own expectations and it hurt. The other side of, as well of that that I want to touch on is in that moment there's those expectations as well that you haven't even recognized yet. Mm-hmm. And so like at the time whether you did or not there's there's certainly a, a fair number of people out in the world that are probably going through a similar thing and they don't realize why they're just not feeling like the way they want to and they don't realize that they are breaking an expectation that they're making for themselves they just haven't realized it yeah um were you were you aware that you had this expectation of yourself or was it something kind of on the back on the back end that you hadn't fully acknowledged yet i don't think i was aware of it honestly i was so like clouded and foggy mentally with not getting into graduate school, you know, everything else about that situation that um, I wasn't really connected to myself enough to know um, that I was shooting on myself. Hmm. So, yeah, I think it took me removing myself from that situation in order to uh, look back with the, with the retrospective, uh, you know, perfect retrospective view that I was clearly expecting a lot of myself, probably unrealistically. I don't know. Maybe still working on that, I guess. 
But yeah, I was definitely shooting on myself, which is never healthy. And that's that's probably the the Reader's Digest. I don't want to say fix, but the the quick fix or the quick notice. The ch- there you go. That's the how to quickly check in with yourself. The am I shooting on myself right now? Mm, yeah. Because um, I think that can help clarify the line between a an expectation or an intention, which I think is the, I guess, uh, positive or uh, the the more helpful term to use as far as uh, in regards to goal setting. You said uh, kind of at the beginning, uh, you used the word passive mm-hmm. with expectation. What would you what would you relate intention to then? Intention is a more active word for me, for sure. For example, I expected myself to uh, have a great job after I graduated college, but I did nothing to get a better job. Mm. That was a very passive expectation. An intention, even an intention, would have been more active on my part, even as little as verbalizing and grounding myself energetically to a better job. And we're getting into what what we call woohoo witchcraft here a little bit. <laughs> but um, energetically connecting myself with a better job or you know better situation that that's more of an intent than an expectation. And it's hard to it's hard to describe, but it's it's more powerful. There's, and I think you know this, but there's more, there's definitely power in like meditating and really focusing your energy on, on your goals as opposed to expecting myself to be a good dad, um, setting the intention in the morning that I will be loving today. I'm connecting with the energy of love and I'm connecting with the energy of patience and peace today. There's way, way more power there than just, you know, passively expecting myself to, to be those things, you know? Absolutely. I, I think of, uh, so new year's resolutions. Mm, Great example. New year's resolutions might be even, even lower (laughs) uh, than expectations. They might be the most passive thing on the planet. Yeah. But but only so, if we let them be, right? We can turn those into intentions if we choose, right? We can. I so the big thing in my personal life and and that I see uh, I'm around more people these days that are intentional and nailed down into specifics of what they want than I ever have been and and in the past how I've seen New Year's resolutions in the past or how I've seen people go after things in the past were uh, in this passive way or in this mindset of expectations. And expectations really is, depending on what's going on, I am either not doing anything, uh, victimizing myself to whatever it is, or most of the time, uh, I'm just straight up taking no personal accountability uh, for that, like you said. Uh, when I have this ex, uh, let's say I have this expectation, uh, something that came up uh, this year uh, was a discussion about my uh, my pay at work, and if I walked in with an expectation of that, 
and how that that meeting was going to go, that would have been terrible because in my mind, when I have an expectation of something, I'm not doing anything towards it. When I have an intention that's more specific and I'm being accountable in my intentions and, and, and the other word that comes to mind is uh, commitment. Mm-hmm. And so, so the, the thing that I would throw in the pot as well for expectations is uh, I'm, I'm not being accountable to what I want. Right. If I right. say I want, like, like you were saying, you wanted uh, this job, but you were not being personally accountable to that. Exactly. So on the flip side of that, uh, we've mentioned a couple of those powerful words. And so for me, yeah, intention is one of those. Uh, Commitment is another. The opposite for me of New Year's resolutions are, um, uh, there's an acronym for it and there's a bunch of different things, but or a bunch of different kinds of acronyms and and tools that you can use, but uh, SMART goals. The summary of it is, uh, let me try to go through it, specific, measurable, attainable or realistic or something yeah with a time timeline yeah there's a lot more personal accountability there as well as making that resolution more powerful means breaking down the resolution into smaller quote-unquote smart smarter steps um that can be completed one at a time yeah what what else comes to mind for you as far as as far as the flip side to that the the things that do do work for you instead of expectations brad i love that you brought up accountability uh, that is huge. As far as the the flip side of expectations, yeah, I think accountability. I think that sums it up, really. For for an intention, you know, you're. I ground myself to intentions. I align myself with intentions. And when when my intention doesn't come or something, I get to be accountable for that. I either wasn't clear on my intention or I didn't do anything about it. And that's that's what we've been talking about, really. Um, intentions are active. There's things you do. There's actions you take um, to achieve intentions. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. There's, you know, you're accountable for it you're taking accountability for for it showing up or not showing up and you uh you are taking steps you're taking actions to toward your intention in the desert solace recovery program one of the amazing things that we get to do is regular uh, well daily equine therapy Mm -hmm. and the gal that ran it over there when i was when i was attending we mentioned julie before i quoted her earlier she made it very clear very quickly what intention meant mm-hmm. because she would explain what the intention was of the activity. She explained what the boundaries were um, and what the parameters were. And you and and before we went out there, this was explained before we went out there to do the activity. She would ask you, "Are you are you clear on your intention?" I don't know exactly what uh, the way the wording she would use. Mm-hmm. But what she was challenging on us is if we were clear on the ex- uh, on the intention. I'm sorry. We got clear there or we weren't going to be successful out there because she wasn't going to explain it again. That was mm-hmm. she asked. She was asking us there and, and we got to get clear right then and there. And that was a that was just a cool. It was a cool lesson to myself on uh, it was it was a double. It was a double lesson. The equine therapy was amazing, but she got to teach something else in that room 
every time when she would go go through all of us and she would explain what she wanted and the thing that she would be having us do. And if we wanted to get something out of that day, we got to be aware and in the moment and intentional in that in the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome. It was uh, uh, something I didn't really appreciate until until after I left and <laughs> I had been able to notice the difference in the beginning versus versus at the end on how I was treating that moment and how I can apply that to uh, other things. This is again for personal stuff. And I want to, I want to still touch on how that looks for what's the healthier thing for other people and working with other people. For me, I think of instead of expectations, um, which is again, passive, um, probably not communicated Mm -hmm. effectively or clearly. I have boundaries and, and commitments with other people. Is there, right. are there, would there be anything else that you would add to those words, Brian? Clear. I would say clear boundaries and commitments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I am a big fan of stating exactly what people can count on from me and holding myself and others to that where people might ask more out of me or ask me to do something that I've not committed to or even committed to not do, not just in the workplace, but everywhere in my life, it becomes really easy because I was, I'm clear. When I'm clear, it's easy. These are my boundaries. This is what I'm committed to. And I keep my word. And so I just explain that to them. I've explained, I've explained that several times at my old job. This is my word and this is what you can count on from me. Yeah, absolutely. And language is funny. Um, And I know Mm -hmm. in the world, there are a lot of times where the word expectation is used that isn't, isn't unhealthy at all. You go into an an interview and the, uh, the boss says, you know, these are my expectations of you. Mm -hmm. It's great. That's exactly what I want. Sure. The word is being used in in the healthiest way it can be. Um, Sure. Yeah. They're being clear with me with what they want uh, from me. um, And I'm committing to it. If, yeah. uh, if I'm working there and that's fantastic. And so, you know, folks get to distinguish for themselves kind of what's going on in their lives. And if they, you know, when I hear that word, I just get to challenge myself real quickly. Mm-hmm. Am I setting an expectation for myself in a way that I'm just, just not being accountable mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, or am I good? Am I good to go? There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the word expectation. Right. Right. But there's a lot of situations where the meaning behind that word is nothing because I've done nothing. <laughs> right, right. Is there anything else that you would want to add to that, to, to kind of the, the topic? I think you hit it right on the head. I would, ju- I th- I would just say uh, it all starts with noticing. Um, like you said, everything starts with noticing it. Checking in with yourself first. The f- that's the first step, checking in with yourself. The second step is noticing whether or not you're in a healthy state of mind or if you're shooting on yourself. And then once you've noticed this is a passive, empty, nothing expectation, okay, um, great. Now I've noticed it. Now I can put some energy into it and I can align myself with it more and I can set little steps toward it that I can you know, do something. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. Awareness, as always, is sometimes the hardest, but yeah, but the first thing yeah. that needs to happen. Thanks for uh, thanks for chatting a little bit about that, Brian. We'll see where we'll see where the road takes us next episode. Yeah, maybe we'll do something a little lighter. 
it's been uh it's been like it's been like two episodes since we talked too much about D D. so yeah maybe we'll do another D D episode who knows thanks guys we will see you in the next one peace